Oh yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back once again on our Ventura Forward podcast, episode number 28. As we're always searching for those tasty waves, the hot tunes, fun in the sun, righteous food, and all the news across the 805. On this show, we're going to have great segments breaking down the goods that we've discovered across the journalistic point of view of us funny dudes across the 805. Spence, how you feeling? Feeling real good. We're in the political season. There's so much going on. Ads being thrown at us. Uh, we've been to you know, a couple of uh, these uh, wonderful events that you have set up so people can hear what the candidates have to say. The political forums have been fun on the West Side. There happens to be one today as we're recording on Thursday this week, dropping our Friday morning, Friday afternoon podcast each week for the last 28 weeks. All the faithful followers out there that look forward for that podcast on Friday, we love you. Keep sharing, keep listening, keep liking, as we're going to be adventuring a little more into YouTube with some of our shorts. So check those out as we're going to be trying to make our podcast a little more available for the social media outlets so you can share with all your friends and family as you dive into the 30 to 45 minutes every week. We love you so much. All right, 28 is not going to have a special guest today, Spence, because in this political season, we're going to have a fun time talking about our sponsors, some of the events been going around town, but mostly this Measure E ballot measure for the city of Ventura specifically about school bond for close to $430 million. It's going to be putting $60 a year on your property taxes per the $100,000 of the assessment value. So if your home is valued at $1 million, you'll be paying $600 a year on a property taxes will be going towards the school and the school bond each year for the next 20 years. So Spence, we want to dive into some of the facts that are going along with that bond, who will be in control of the bond, where some of the money is going. And then, of course, we know the teachers and the support, how this new negotiation has popped up just in the last few weeks. As money's come down from the state for the teachers, the bond is hot. It's a big conversation. We're going to try to tackle it. Now, if you ever get a paper cut like when you're in school, any time, paper cut. Ever get one? Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of people will say because it's only, air quotes, $60, this is death by paper cut. It's just another little chunk being taken away. You got 50 here, 60 there. You got this attachment. You have this measure, all of these things. It seems like it's not a lot of money, but there's a lot of property owners out there who do say, here we go again. It's another charge against us. It's just going to cost us a little more money. And when people say how much money, I would like to, everybody to do a little test. Maybe they have a, a financial advisor. Maybe they are good at this themselves. But just say if you put that amount of money away each month you know, for the assessment and you did that for 30 years, how much would you have when you were ready to retire? So although something doesn't seem like much money, and I know they're looking at the greater good because it's going to educate the kids, make them better. But these aren't just, oh, well, check that off. Oh, by golly, I'll give $60. What the heck? Mm -hmm. These are big demands that they're making on property owners. So we really have to suss this out and see what are deep in the details and should we make this uh, measure e go uh, so we can benefit the kids but charge the property owners yeah we will we're going to do that and we're going to kind of bring that conversation full not telling you to vote yes or no but really bring the conversation in fullness when we talk about giving teachers raises what it comes down to with the current inflation rates cost of living comparably what can teachers make 
if they're maybe working in Port Wainimi, Oxnard, neighboring areas, because it's become a full circle conversation when we talk about public schools and the value that public schools bring to your community, but then at the same time, how some residents aren't involved in the public schools at all. It's a really full circle conversation, Spence, that we're going to continue to get into a little bit today. But first, let's bring up our sponsors first today. We're going to talk about, let's go with um, the Mountain Doll. Have you been out, Spence, right now getting outside at all? No, I really haven't. I, you know, I see outside because I drive by it all the time. Yeah. I'm working a couple of things. We got gigs going. And I, I've been just a little busy to be up at, you know, any of our, our great parks, you know, our great uh, lands from Sycamore out in T.O., you know, here to the Ventura Land Trust. I got to get out. You got to get out more. And last Saturday, we had a good time getting out with Ventura Ford at our event. We want to give a shout out to a few of our followers that came out and met us on the avenue. Uh, Two Trees Church was hosting that event. Manos and Nidos was out there. A political event was hosted by Liz Campos and James Forsythe. So that was a fun time as a few of us walked down to the front of the Ventura River mouth. And we got to say props to the Ventura Land Trust for working there with their Willoughby property and keeping it clean. It's going to be interesting to say how we keep talking about fight for the Ventura River, bring more awareness to the Ventura River, because one of our messages on Ventura Ford Spence is giving people practical solutions to get off the streets. And we know that hiding in the Ventura River bottom has been away for many decades now. We want to make them aware and make those beds be full because programs are coming. Money is coming in and the transparency of transitional permanent living housing is coming to the city of Ventura and the numbers have to be real because what got taken away from that conversation during uh, the walk to the Ventura River mouth, I think that the most important part was when uh, we talked about how do you come up with data to where somebody's from? Because if they're from Los Angeles or if they're from Tennessee, how can the city of Ventura possibly have the funds or the, how would you say, uh, knowledge to know who's coming out of your influx and your outflux if you don't monitor the open spaces where people are coming that are in the most need. So that was it, like almost creating a new equation because of the city of Ventura, two months ago, the county came in. We talked about how do you know if somebody's from the city of Ventura? How do you, what's the answer? What do you think? That's a good question. Remember, uh, just last week, one of the candidates was, I think the question was from the audience, and yeah. it was saying, what about people being shipped in from Moorpark? What about this? What about that? We all have to deal with this. Is this urban lore? Is it something that's actually happening? But it is a great question. How do you know where somebody is from? I know the city of San Francisco, uh, when Newsom was mayor, did exactly that. They, they shipped people out. They definitely did. And sometimes people will say, but we took them to places where they had friends, they had family, and that's why they were placed there. It wasn't just a random get off the bus, and, you know, turn around and, right. and split. So some of the relocation programs are done with a little bit of care. They're, they'll be put somewhere where they know they have family, they know they have a, maybe a recovery place, something like that. In this case, it seems the fingers are being pointed at other cities that they're pulling up. Isn't this beautiful? See ya. And they're getting out of here. So Ventura gets impacted, allegedly, with a higher homeless population. But you have to admit, I have to admit, if you were stuck outside somewhere, where would you like to be stuck outside? Right. Fillmore, T.O., see me? It's kind of hot there a lot of times. Here, the temperatures are mild. It, this is a very forgiving area. Man, and the river bottom was so nice. I have to say, reminders, if you follow us on social media, check it out because the photos down there are so beautiful. 
And that's what the experiences you can get when you come out to the Ventura Forward community events on the second Saturday. We're going to continue to be at that same location, uh, maybe going down the river trail. Maybe next time we'll hit the skate park up. We're going to go in those areas, maybe east side too. We'll head down to the golf courses because the police department, Spence, has been wanting us to highlight a little of the services that are provided in the river bottom. They've been contacting Ventura Forward to let everybody know again. Where are our tax dollars going? What services are we providing? So when everyone gets in this heated discussion, we can't keep saying, oh, there's nothing going on. Or the opposite is the nonprofits can do that. Because if you look at these uh, questionnaires by the candidates, a lot of them say, let's lean on our nonprofits. But if you don't know what the nonprofits are doing and what they're executing on, and you just keep saying, let's lean on our nonprofits, it might not be working. And as we can see right now, the Ventura, with that being the number one conversation in Ventura, we don't think that's really being fulfilled in the services. And one of the issues, too, with nonprofits, God bless a lot of them because they do so much good work. A lot of them are just putting the ever-popular uh, dish of milk out for the cats. You know, the cats will keep coming, and it'll keep building up. What are we doing to solve the problem? What are we doing to re-educate? What are we doing to make sure that the people will be well-fed, will be medically taken care of they will have shelter rather than just saying okay uh you know here's your here's your little bit of food go out and do stuff because we know and it's been told to us many times that when you deal with the homeless that way they don't succeed they don't advance you know they don't find a new home they tend to take advantage of the services then go out and do what they do (laughs) some of them i'm not there's some People that have been hit and devastated by the economy, uh, there's no. been domestic abuse, there's been a lot of reasons why uh, some people are homeless, and they are trying to get off the street. But we know about Jim Duran in the city center. We know about good groups that are working hard to place them safely and carefully. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're feeding the problem. Look at this. We get into it for five minutes every episode. So thank you for allowing us listeners that conversation, Spence, for you giving that because it's important. And we got to have this every day. The soul in our heart is sharing that stoke. And when we love the city of Ventura and we walk around from our house to the beach and we see people that need help, we're not going to turn a blind eye. We're going to help people out. We're going to pick our heads up and help them to the best we possibly can because that's the way Ventura is. That's the way Ventura has to become. And we have to be together in all things. That's right. And helping them isn't just feeding them. It is getting them taken care of with mental health issues, with drug issues, or with just the fact that they were treated horribly in their home and like many women are forced out of a home and become homeless. We got a question on Instagram right now as we're live from the soul surfer. He wants to know, tell me if the bottom of the river is safe right now. Soul surfer. It depends on where you're at. I can say that right now. If you're going down here on the railroad tracks and you're the right of the railroad tracks between the freeway, no, it is not safe. And let me get a little sexist here and care for our children. Would you let your children go there and play the way we used to play when we were kids? And would you be fine with having uh, everybody out there, big question, your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, maybe go for a jog along that? That's when you know if it's safe or not. My answer is, are you kidding me? No, unless I was jogging with them. Yes. No way. No bloody way. Yeah. I don't think, I think it might be safe on any given day by chance, but there's too much risk with a certain part of that population. And that's what the conversation went to. If you can make your presence felt, the, the solution right now is we have to get some ATVs, right? Get the state, the state beaches right there on one side of the river, mm-hmm. the Ventura Parks Department, along with the Ventura Land Trust. We get some funds coming in for some current, per, uh, sorry, uh, constant presence is the term I was looking to say there. And also, Spence, what about cameras? 
or mm -hmm. we got big lights, trail cams. How about we got trail cams tracking animals? Couldn't we put 20 trail cams out there? So if you see something, how about this? Listen to this idea. All of a sudden a trail cam knows somebody's out there, right? A drone goes out. Ooh, hello, you are on property now. Can you please leave, kind person? Or we will be sending the authorities or the rightful people in the next two to four hours. Ooh, the drone flies out of there. How about Love that one? Love the sound effect. But, <laughs> and this is, uh, we got, got to go from uh, kind, yes. of, kind of light and funny to, and I hate to hit you with this directly, but it follows on the tails of what you're talking about. The Aloha Steakhouse, the yeah. murder that happened there. There were cameras on the promenade. There's plenty of people on the promenade. It don't work. We need to pay police officers. We need to pay people of the law. And I love social workers, but they're not the ones that can patrol this. It's not their job. Their job is to take care of people. But when you're out there and you're in the rough areas, you have to have a, a, you have to have a police sheriff armed authority. It's just the way it is. I will pass a police officer any time and feel comfortable. If my kids are walking out in the woods, if you will, yeah, uh, uh, I want them to be around police officers too. So that's my biggest problem with that situation. Great question. Is it safe? Uh -uh. Thank you, Soul Surfer, for getting it to guess on Instagram. We appreciate everybody. Get us fired up. Hey, Ventura Ford Instagram account is blowing up, too. And remember, we're raw out there. And if you got a problem with us, remember, come with some love back to us because we might make mistakes. We might talk about us knowing the culture. But in order to say you know about the culture, you have to be in the culture. And then also that always is changing. So remember, we want you to be part of that culture, too, because if you're following Ventura forward and you have an opinion about Ventura, guess what? We're already sharing the stoke together. And so let's bring that message onto one love, because if you're coming at Spencer or Spence, which obviously we know it's normally me, uh, with his wacky opinions, know that I want to receive that with one love. And if I make a mistake or you think that I'm kind of hate on somebody, don't get mad at me. Come back and say, hey, why are you doing this? Let's have a civil conversation about it. And the other side of it is my experience isn't everybody's experience, but I can tell you I have worked in Montalvo for over 30 years at this very building, 2284 South Victoria. That's where I have my morning show, which Spencer guests on usually on Mondays now. But I will tell you, I have literally stepped over people who were sleeping up, up top in our second floor at this luxurious building. And one of the issues I have is we do have women who work here. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I don't think women can fend for themselves, but generally it's not their job. And if it's 3.30 in the morning and we have an issue, I'm the one. So I used to go up and I would have to ask people to leave. I would have to do that. And I just don't feel comfortable. I'm, I'm for the kids. I'm for the people who cannot defend themselves. That's my biggest worry when it comes to the homeless population. I'm not against them. I just want to make sure that they're safe and they get the needs that they have met and that our people here at this business feel safe too. I insist on it. I'm with you, Spence. Safety is there. It's a very fine line. And so as we know, our boy X50 is always bringing that safety and the goods in the streets. He's along a little vacation doing some time with his beautiful bride doing some golf so we'll leave him alone this week also you know taking a little break is timmy timmy with arsenal comics he's walking his dog along the pier taking a little reprieve so we know he's having his great relief as he's doing his thing after a couple of busy months in the, the comic book shop so if you ever need any comic books or gifts always roll by arsenal comics uh let's bring up a few new sponsors here spence ashland hard seltzer okay talking to josh this week we're going to announce this he's coming on the podcast in two weeks to talk about his business, 
Josh is uh, born and raised in Ventura. Uh, born, I'm not sure, but definitely raised. I should have quoted myself on that one, of course. But grew up my whole life with Josh Landon. He went down to San Diego, created a great beer called St. Archer, recently sold St. Archer. It's now adventured, <clears throat> excuse me, into doing Ashland hard seltzers along with some lemonades, also a vodka soda in a canned drink. Josh is going to come in in two weeks and explain all these big adventures. And we're going to ask Ashland if we can start to become community ambassadors and spread this great brand, Spence. Sounds like a, a this is the, the beverage of choice these days, right? Yeah. It's, it has been for a few years. Zima tried it a long time ago. But they, they missed the target. And a few other people have come up with it, and they're just getting better and better. So I'm sure this is an incredible product, and it sounds like um, yeah. they got something going. And let's do that, too. Drink responsibly. Everybody knows that, right? Keep giving out there, too. We know all the big conversation in town, too, as you get the, the drinks going. Uh, food's always flowing. So Pete's Breakfast House. We've done a f f fun little this week called Stanley's Red Bucket. As we were cleaning up off of Stanley this week, I found a red bucket, Spence. And it's like picked up over five bags of trash, equaling probably close to 250 pounds. There's a lot of metal out there. I got a... Headlight, a side light, a rear view mirror light. It was light, lights all over the place this week as we're on the side of the freeway at Stanley cleaning it up, which was really fun to say. But I found one red bucket and I left it out there. And what I said to everybody was, look at this red bucket. Take a picture of it as you drive off the off ramp. And for the next two weeks, if you take a picture of it and post it on Instagram, you can then win a gift card to Pete's. A red bucket, like plastic, or was it like the Salvation Army kind? Plastic red bucket. It's been rolled over a few times. Mm -hmm. No one would do it. But it was kind of one of those fun indicators to be like, who's going to pick this up? If I can pick up five huge trash bags, this trash was old too, dude. I'm telling you a couple of years, maybe since Stanley had been deep cleaned, felt really good to get out there. A lot of styrofoam, a lot of fast food trash. It's really intriguing to get that trash right before it breaks down and before it gets in the gutter, because we're talking about waterways that are only a couple hundred yards from the ocean. So talk about plastic in the ocean, saving life, you know, looking at protecting you know, the beautiful asset of the Pacific Ocean right here, it feels good to get that plastic. It sure does. And what you hit on with the micro trash, it's one of the big problems. I'm not against any products, but when you have stuff like two years, it seems really old out there. We've talked to Stephen Gama about his activities on the beaches. The more it breaks up, the more little itty bitty particles. So what was once a big gulp styrofoam mug, old reference, sorry, a big gulp or a gut buster for Rami, uh, it ends up being smaller and smaller and smaller, and that type of trash is much harder to pick up. Oh, yeah. So that's why we want to hit it quick. First of all, we want you to throw your trash away into a receptacle where it won't go elsewhere. Never throw it away just on the ground. Yeah. But that's uh, a difficult thing. And you know, as good or better than anyone, when you find the trash along the freeway, ugh, man, that's a mess. It's and <laughs> you deal with it all, and there's certain cups that are— Filled with a certain something, too. You don't want to stereotype about trash on the freeway, but you know what I keep thinking about? I'm not finding, like, compostable organic wrappers. Meaning, like, the people that are normally making, like, healthy, conscious decisions, maybe smart life decisions, aren't the same one throwing things out their car. Where I'm finding a pack of smokes a day. Yeah, a pack of smokes and a ho-ho. Fast food, beer cans, bottles, uh, you know, there's the occasional maybe soda can. but And that's you know, probably 80% of the population that's eating that stuff, too. Yeah. But 
a lot of us were just trained early. My mother, God bless her, for all of that she did in the world. But she, ins- boy, if you dropped a gum wrapper, it, it just never happened to you. Yeah. Just no. That, that was just like, what are you thinking? She used to even tell us, before you get, if we're on a picnic, before you get dessert, run over and clean up that table. And we'd look and go, what? <laughs> but she would have us go over. If somebody left their stuff, she'd say, sometimes you got to clean up after other people. we go over, throw their stuff away, come back and, and get our cake. Community. I love that. My it. mom was that way from the get-go. And that was always her thing. She was just enraged by people. And, you know, my mom was old. She was born in 1920. So that's not when they started the environmental movement, but she was aware of that all the time. So that was uh, seeded into my into awesome. my heart. Well, yeah. also seeded into your heart's music, and the yes. Ventura Music Hall is creating those community experiences by offering us sets of free tickets to their shows, so local Ventura residents can go check out the new beautiful music venue, which is there. And they had two great bands last week with Ocean's Alley coming up from San Diego. They were rocking it. A few of our followers checked that out, and we've got some. Uh, new band coming next week through called Atmosphere, Spence. Have you ever heard of Atmosphere? I don't know. Did they spell it F-E-A-R at the end of Atmosphere? I think they spell it traditionally. Okay, because then I would think it's some death metal band that <laughs> came up with a cute name. Atmosphere, traditional. So do you know the style of music? I don't, actually. I've already had uh, three pairs of tickets already requested, so I put my name on the list, too. So just one more example about how you can get out there, check out the music hall, listen to that great music. It's fun to be out. Really appreciate that. Live music is better. Bumper stickers must be issued. <laughs> All right. Now, we can keep going, but let's get into the brass tacks about Measure E. Okay? I want to talk about some very specific things about the school bond, about how I am a big fan of the school bond because of the area. I want to support teachers in this. I want to support the students. I want to support the facilities that are specifically in Ventura. And talk about right now about what like year these facilities were built. Mostly, you know, some in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. My elementary school, Wanamere Elementary, my kids currently go. Uh, it's falling apart, you know. And the voters the last few years have not encouraged the elected officials to go to the ballot and put a bond through. And when I moved here about five years ago, back from where being gone in Scottsdale in Seattle, which we've touched on before, I found out how much better the Oxnard teachers got paid. I found out how much better Fillmore teachers got paid compared to maybe cost of living and how the ones in Wainimi got paid, sometimes anywhere from 10 to 20% more to the Ventura teachers based on a lot of different equations, whether it was uh, the programs that they were having over in Oxnard area, uh, I guess in public school systems, if you have more lo- lower income students, uh, first English learners, you get more money based upon your budget and stuff. So they're able to pay more for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. So each school district expense has a different equation. And we're not on the podcast today to say that we know about each equation. What we want to know is our listeners are aware of those differences. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So if a teacher is teaching at Malibu High, should they make enough money to live on the hill? I don't know that answer. Because me, I haven't set my life course for... I'll teach there if they do. Yeah, I get and it. I'm not saying teaching's easy. I know it's not. I've got kids. I see what teachers go through. I worked for the school district for four to five years in, in the Caneo Valley Unified School District. So I'm doing no mocking here. But if you, what do you use? And you had said it when we were chatting beforehand. What do you use to set the mark? So what I said is, and I'll be frank with the money I make, I could not afford a house here in Ventura. I live here. I, I, I practically live here because I work at uh, the radio station. 
we bought a house in Fillmore because it was about $150,000 less. And I think sometimes you have to make that decision. I commute 22 miles each way, so that's 44 miles a, a day. That's what I chose to do for my family and my budget against what I make. Do you see a difference, though, between a teacher being somebody who's educating, living in the community, the value of them, you know, maybe being in a grocery store or going to uh, the fields, soccer fields? Like sometimes pe people, I think teachers deserve to have the chance to make the cost of living in that town similar to Malibu. Like if you were a teacher, if you were a parent of somebody that lived in Malibu, would you want the teachers to live in Malibu? Would that make a difference to you? No. No. Okay. And I think that starts, it's a great starting point of conversation. I had a teacher, uh, t teacher that was a neighbor in Fillmore. Where did he teach? Where? Compton. Com okay. Yeah. He drove out to Compton from Fillmore. Interesting. And he loved it. And he was, uh, he, he was a teacher who really played it out into his 60s. Yeah. And that's what he did. I think that's probably a good, if we start there too, I think it'd be good to have a little of both. Like you have some teachers that live there or from there that have the history and the strength of that. And then you have that new influence of outsiders coming in, bringing in education, right? I think that sounds like a good combination as you're looking at your teaching base. You maybe wouldn't want all everyone from the outside or you wouldn't want everybody that lived in the area possibly as well. And frankly, just a venture is a beautiful community. It's a beach community. Stuff got expensive. Yep. So let's get into that bond. So we haven't had a bond passed since 1997 in the city of Ventura. So since my junior year of high school, 24 years ago coming up upon, because my 25th is coming up soon, sadly enough, uh, it's been a long time. And Oxnard has had four bonds. The voters have had four bonds since then been put on. So why hasn't the Ventura Unified School District uh, leadership school board put a bond on there talking about Trudy Ariata was a leader for uh, back there for then we've had now four or five different uh, superintendents come through with Creswell uh, now it's Dr. Castro it was just Dr. Rice before that there was a talk of bond before the pandemic but now this bond has come into a spot now where interest rates were low the money seemed to be everywhere and come to a conversation now all of a sudden the last few three to six months Gases is up, inflations are taking off. And so something that seemed to be picking up a lot of motivation in the bond now is getting a little bit more of this confrontation as let's say the proof is in the pudding or the dinner's on the table spent in this one moment, two weeks during the election, Measure E is finding some, let's um, say, standard uppers. What, what, what's the word I'm looking for there? Some combativeness, not combativeness, uh, push against, mm -hmm. push against now. And it's talked about negotiations with our local teachers and their union trying to get a bigger raise or a raise that they find to be comparable in the environment from our neighboring cities. I talked to Mark Greiner who teaches up at the um, Newberry Park. Is that the district that you used to work into? Yeah, Canal Valley. That's Canale. Newberry. For high schools, it's Westlake, T.O., Newberry. He got to say he got a 6 to 8% raise, was very happy about it. And was monitoring what was happening because his sister works down at the Ventura Unified School District and was saying, why well, can't get the same type of raise? So I'm just trying to really figure this out because we get into the tables today to where they're in negotiations now. How can we find it to where the teachers can support the bond, give them the raise they need, right? And then find it to be understandably to the, the value. Because here's my thought. If you're making less, let's say they're making 20% less than Port Wainimi. Okay, how can we possibly allow them to, how can we give them a big enough raise to be equal to Port Wainini, right? We can't mm -hmm. give them 28% raise. We can only give them 
incrementally. So that's what it seems like to me is we need to create a plan over the next five to 10 years that says we can slowly catch up to the neighboring cities. I just don't, I, I wish I had the amount of money that, so, so we knew what figure we're talking about. What sure. do the teachers make exactly, you know, median income in Port Wainimi, Ojai, Fillmore, Ventura, Oxnard, Camarillo. We could name all 10. Uh, that's, it's a great question. And that's, and that's what this podcast is about. Again, everybody, we're doing this for this information-based because you have a ballot right now in your mailbox. We're trying to bring the conversations to help you dissect so you can find out the answers from us or you can say, you know what? Spence and Spence are bringing up a good point. I need to either reach out to them to ask that direct question so they can go into the community and find out because we've got school board members. We've got the union that we can contact. Okay, we do the best we can. Always trying to bring this information to you. So remember that. This is that conversation again to bring light on it, not to pick a side. Because I am personally, if I want to say my side, I'm a yes to bringing teachers pay up to equal to where they are in the county. Because I think the Ventura teachers equal to the cost of living to where that in the county. I think that should be totally equal based upon, I think in Ventura, it might even be more expensive to live here than it is in Oxnard. So that doesn't really make sense when all my friends are living in Ventura having to work in Oxnard. Okay. That's a very interesting tidbit. You know, it gets back to like, let's take a. I don't know, you know what, I'm not going to call anybody out because they're having great careers, but I've had that conversation back doors where they would say, you know what, if Ventura Unified School District paid the same amount of money, I might be working there. So you got to look at those decisions that teachers in our community are always making, Spence. And do Ventura teachers in that district, school district, all live in Ventura? There's none that live in Fillmore, Santa Paula? Oh, they have, oh, 100% there are, you're right. Yeah, so... You give some if you're doing it based on housing. If somebody doesn't live here, are you hoping they move here? So if they have the lesser housing, let's say, and I only mean lesser on price. Fillmore's beautiful. So if they live in Fillmore and they get the raises, if they live in Ventura, are you monitoring how this raise is run? Yeah, I, I, that's part I don't get. Good point. You know, so not everybody lives in Ventura that teaches in Ventura. And then when you're watching the discussion play out in the community, they say that they're, they're copying themselves off of Oxnard and my name in different neighborhoods. So that's that equation we have to look for. I love that, how you dissected that down. Thank you, so, Spence. But it is one of those issues. So um, money's too tight to mention. We're all dealing with budget issues, certainly. I know I am, and that's, uh, that's why I hustle. Let's go there real fast so everyone understands the money. If you listen to the podcast, you want to hear it kind of verbally, it's going to be $60 per year of $100,000 of your property value assessment. Okay, Spence? So if your house is assessed at a million dollars times 10 times 60, $600 a year for your budget increase for your taxes. And what do we think? $750,000 average cost of a house in Ventura, $800,000? Sure. Pretty yep. expensive. Yep. And you look at my, the, I think the discussion there is it goes off of make sure the number one thing is it's not what your house is currently worth. It's what it was assessed at. So if your house was assessed five years ago at 500,000, now it's worth 800,000. Okay. You're going to be paying that property tax increase off of your 500, not the current value. Very important to understand the value where it's coming from. So the, the, the argument there, the discussion comes from if you have $300,000 in equity in your home, of course, it's tied up to your house and it takes effort to get that money out to pay for that bond increase. But right when you go to the value of your home, not, it's not just always the nuts and the bolts, the wood, the landscaping, it's the surrounding community. And I've been talking to a lot of realtors about this. The strength of your home comes from public schools in one facet.
also the safety of your community, uh, the, the how far it is from traffic, from your amenities, shopping stores, your neighborhoods. Spence, what do you feel about the value of your home based upon the public schools? You have a public school nearby your home, right? Yes, we do. It's uh, about 200 yards away. So how do you feel about the value of public schools and investing in them when it comes to a homeowner? It's there, certainly, when our neighborhood was new, especially because you had a lot of youngsters. Now our neighborhood is older because, uh, you know, it's 20 years ago. Uh, so those kids are gone. You know, they're sure. adults now. And not many of them have been replaced because people live in their houses and their kids are basically elsewhere and out of the schools. Schools are clearly important. But what would you say increases the value of a house more, being a mile from the beach or being a mile from a good school? Well, I think well, mile from the beach, of course. But being a mile from the beach of the great public school, like take Pierpont Elementary School for an example, that's declining in enrollment. It's dilapidated in some of its amenities. If we could pump that into, say, a new age school, right? Maybe bring in some new uh, internet connections, a new program comes in. I'm not sure of the exact programs that are going into Pierpont School. If I had a list here, I would, I'd rattle them off through the bond, right? I know more of Cabrillo's project, like a brand new amphitheater, getting new ventilation systems, locks on the doors. Okay, I have a little more focus on Cabrillo because I happen to be the PTO president. But your point, dude, I think is right there. Cabrillo's 500 yards away. These schools that are right next to the beach are the ones that have been neglected the most. Again, supporting teacher raises, supporting the bond to strengthen our community opinion about public schools. And public schools being close to the beach, really close, is kind of weird because that money could definitely be used to uh, make money on selling it as a house. And maybe we should move them a few inches away or a mile so they don't get maybe as dilapidated because of the ocean air. There could be a little bit of that too. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of things to play with here. There's a, a lot of things to look at, and I think sometimes you might not want to put your school on very expensive real estate. It's a great point. You know, then do you become like more of like a bed and breakfast town? You know, like if you take out some of those community amenities, you know, like you lose your libraries, you lose your schools, you become, you know, a visit Ventura town only. You know, it's gosh, it's such a great conversation that I hope our listeners are vibing with to see how we share that stoke. Uh, because, again, it's a conversation that's so out in the community. We decided to go off cusp today, getting ready for the public forum tonight with our candidates. Really had a fun time the last few weeks and months spent bringing that transparent conversation. And the people in the community are really loving it because we're sharing it openly. But then again, we're not telling you what to do. And I do have teachers in my family. I did work with the school district for quite a while in Thousand Oaks. So I have a general understanding of how things go. And I do appreciate teachers. And my kids have been lucky enough to have some fantastic teachers. But all of this has to be looked at. And money has to be, uh, there has to be a good steward uh, to understand what is the best use of the money and how do we get the most bang for our buck. Absolutely. Okay, so there's the ins and outs on Measure E. When you see that, in your voter pamphlet, it's everywhere. There's four or five pages. It lists every elementary school that you can get after in the city of Ventura, going after it. I want to hit one more time before we get off here, though, about the topic for Cabrillo Middle School that I happen to be the PTO president at Spence. With Cabrillo, this bond is going to bring, number one, new doors and locks on every door. So a teacher during an active shooter can lock the door from the inside and keep it locked. Currently, teachers have no ability to lock a door from the inside of, of a classroom. I find that to be surprising. That's a design flaw that it, should be, especially in this day and age. 
Yeah, absolutely. You should be able to lock people out, certainly. Yes, I know, totally. So again, let's get that done. Bond passes or bond doesn't passes, let's get that done. A project that's also on the top of the bond for Cabrillo Middle School is an amphitheater. $850,000 music arts amphitheater that can also be used for a celebration area. The hillside's collapsing, if you know the Cabrillo campus, is on the north east corner the hillside up by the arts and the music program it's kind of falling off the hillside it used to be the old garden i had a chance to talk and get a message from the old assistant principal who's backing up the bond because of cool projects like this but with the bocali family with Mar uh, mario bocali up there cabrillo middle school band is amazing and we can do fun projects like this and get it done because they've been trying to do it for 20 years spent and without a bond big projects never get done does that sound good to you? It does sound good to me, especially if we can rent it out to private groups on the weekend to uh, help with some of the costs. Great. I'm a capitalist. No, because... I love full use of everything. And that's a great point because... And can we get... Are we allowed to get sponsorships? Like, let's say, um, fill in the blank, Pepsi-Cola once. Can we do that on... I, I'm really... I like to grind it down. I like things to be... I like things to be paid for. And I think if we could get local auto group or somebody to put a big old banner up there, God bless them, let's pay some of that. Maybe that could be what takes care of the maintenance. We were talking about a pool with a, a local guy, uh, pretty sharp in the area, and he, he keeps his ear to the rail. And somebody's talking about a brand new pool. Well, it's like, wee, let's get a pool. Start talking about a pool. Pools are very expensive. Not only to dig the hole and fill it with water, but you have to maintain them. So what if we had the pool that was brought to you by, again, fill-in-the-blank sponsorship? I like it. Yeah. I, I like corporate sponsorship. I don't know if that's kosher with schools. I don't know. Uh, but is it, could it be another way just to take care of some of the expenses, especially year-to-year -year maintenance? It can be, and I think it can be definitely discovered, and you bring up a great point because these lands are owned by the district, which is ultimately the public, right? Our last superintendent, Dr. Creswell, said that whether it's a community space, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And the more and more schools try to get more stay safe, protect students, we see our schools kind of being a little more uh, gated off, not as, as welcoming. And so that's that full conversation that goes with the bond is, can we get this bond to be supported by the community and go full circle goes like being dogs on campuses, like at Loma Vista, they're thinking about maybe not having people be able to walk their dogs on campus. These conversations have to come full circle so the community members can see the value in the space other than just being at school time. Yeah. Things that happened years ago, Fillmore got one of the artificial tracks, you know, whatever component that is. Yeah. I went over there, right, and this is a long time ago. I walked up. It was all fenced off. You're no longer allowed to go on the track. I was so upset, and I thought, wait a second. We're paying taxes for this, but they didn't want us on the track. So I'm thinking, you know, when we were kids, we went out and threw Frisbee on Saturdays out on the football field, did all that. And it's one of those things where you're like, shouldn't this be for – now, if the football team's out there – I have no right because that's what it's used for. Sure. But on a Sunday, if I want to go for a jog around a you know quarter mile, four hundred meter track, come on. Uh, yeah. But it was fenced off. Spence was not allowed. All right, well, that I mean, bugged me. That really bugged. Well, you know, me. it's funny you say that because I've had listeners here talk about how the Ventura College track and field used to, be able to use that. They got the new facility that the taxpayers paid for. You can no longer use it. So. And I even know enough about running that you run four or five lanes out yeah. uh, because if everybody keeps running on the inside, you will wear it out. So uh, the amateur runners like myself that are just out there to have a nice jog, and I do love running on tracks, uh, you go five lanes out and you're cool.
Yeah. But they wouldn't let me on the track. <laughs> I, I remember just standing there going, are you kidding me, T.O.? They didn't, they, 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 you walked through the gate and you just went. Now, that was in the old days of the dirt track, but it was still something we could access. Now, it's, it's times are changing. I sound really irritated today, but it's one of those things that I, I just like, you know, let's get out the sharp pencil and let's figure this whole thing out. Love to have the teachers get a raise and let's see what kind of motivation we can uh, do to make our schools bigger and better than ever. Right, you know, you're right, and that frustration is here, and it's warranted, and it's accepted by Ventura Forward because we're the ones that take that punch for you. We're the ones that stand up in front and are willing to take the tough conversations. Look at my friend Lisa Dodge today. She should have called me about her not getting a ballot to where she lives up on the hillside. She thinks she should have an election. She goes, Spencer, my blood is boiling. I said, Lisa, let me give you five minutes. How can I help you? Answer your questions. You know, by the time she was done, she goes, I feel better. I go, that's what, we, that's, what I'm, that's what we're here for because everyone's so involved and we're so emotional about this, but it only pops up and like, it seems like in little spurts, we get into it, we go back to our regular life. We get into it, we go back to our regular life. And that's what Ventura Forward was created, Spence, with your dedication to the podcast, you know, our great journalism, doing our hard work out there. Is if we can create that flat line, you know, and we can do a better job too with maybe our website. Uh, we, we're talking about our social services card. How we're going to come up with that social services card that allows you to have like a wraparound. Like if a woman has a child needs a place to stay, call uh, Tender Life. If they need a bed for the night, call the Ventura Homeless Shelter. If you need something here, we're, gonna, we're working on that card, okay? The point is, again, is it's coming full circle. So if you have those anxieties and you're feeling that angst, in your community, no Ventura Forward here for you because we're having the tough conversations and hopefully we have the answers. Yes, sir. Let's wrap it up. Episode number 28, a good time this weekend. I'm going to be working at Prime Steakhouse. If you haven't checked out the new patio out there, Jan's doing great things with her team, trying to create great experiences in the city of Ventura as you make your night out. Spence, what plans you got rocking this weekend? This weekend, uh, the kids playing hockey Friday night in Simi. We're going to check that out Saturday. The Fillmore Theater is reopened on Central, and they're going to show a uh, a very specific film about the area that was filmed in Peru in 1995 that they're trying to get into the Latino and Hispanic uh, Motion Picture Hall of Fame. And I'm going to go there and uh, view that on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'll be at Bank of Books in Santa Paula. Hey, he loves the Bank of Books going out there. You know what? My sister just put her newest short film into the Sundance she applied to Sundance, so check my sister Nicole Nor. She's doing great things with a documentary called Bev and uh, Irv. Bev and Irv. Bev and Irv. Check that out. Two About names that end with V. You got it, Spence. Uh, what else we got going on here? Real fast, wrap up 28. Oh, we're going to the forum tonight, so I'm going to post this video right now. It'll be too late with the podcast, but thank you to all the candidates who have been so gracious to us in this process. The East Side Forum is tonight. We're videoing it right now, so come out tonight if you want which will be uh, 6.30 up on the top of Kimball Road if you're watching this video. And if you missed them this week and you listen to the podcast, get more involved, folks. We can do that. And until next week, we're Go rocking. Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Oh, we lost last night. I know. Everyone's hot in the blue. Friday night lights. Buena Bulldogs took out the Cougars 10-7 to last week. We talked about what a good game Colin Gunther did have, and it was Zane Carter that kicked the game-winning field goal. So get out with the Friday night lights. Go support your local restaurants. Have a good time at the 805. Let's go!